0: It's Sunday, November 6th, 2022, and you're listening to episode 604 of Fear the Boot, a show about tabletop role-playing games and a little bit more. Running time for this episode is 34 minutes. Welcome to Fear the Boot. My name is Dan. I'm Brodor. This is Wayne. All right, so right now, for those of you who didn't know... Hor has been talking for a while about making one of the worst choices of his life and moving to Oregon. I'm not even sure where are you live in Oregon. I know it's not Portland.
1: I'm not I don't telling you he's allowed to that's say. That's fine. All no, right. no,
2: that's not true. So we're we're moving in, in southern Oregon. There's Medford, there's Ashland, Grants Pass, Rogue River in that area. So we're going to be renting a house. In the Ashland area while we look for land in Rogue River where we will start building the Brodermere compound.
0: My point here in telling this is that what we are trying to do is record as many episodes as we can with Broder before he leaves. So the fact that these episodes are going to be coming out in weird delays is not just because we're slow. Like, we're recording, in some cases, two and three episodes a night. There may be things we talk about that are ancient history by the time they air. Now, Broder is not leaving the show completely, because once he moves up there, one of the things that we're going to do is tap some folks that we've had over the past, like Tex or a guy named DJ or whatnot, that are going to be joining us as long-distance hosts in a somewhat less edited format that will start supplementing our regular feed. So we'll see how that goes.
2: Somewhat less edited. What what does that mean, Dan? (laughs) You know, like when I drop a see you next Tuesday, is that going to get bleeped? Yeah, that's going to get bleeped. No,
0: I don't mean like I'm going to stop editing out profanities. I just mean things like I can't clean up every little verbal stumble because the problem is in a remote episode, you don't have nearly the number of visual cues of people talking when they're about to take a break versus when they're done with an idea and such.
1: Editing but, can add 20 to 30 IQ points. They're going to know what you really sound like. Yeah. Haven't? Oh, my. That's For sure, it's brutal.
0: People have to own their stupidity. Because editing a show takes about somewhere between two and four times recording length.
2: You know, that's real life. I did not realize that that equation was accurate.
0: So a 30-minute show takes between one hour and two hours to edit. An hour show takes between two and four hours to edit.
1: That's real life. That's just how it is. That is if you don't go down the rabbit hole of being a perfectionist where you end up taking two hours for a 30-minute show. Oh, dude, I'm
0: so deep down that rabbit I've, hole.
1: Yeah, I, I've done it, and certain people are easier to edit than others. I've edited some people that it took at least six to seven times the, oh, the time absolutely,
0: to absolutely, man. We've talked about how the best players are game masters, and oftentimes the best podcasters are people that have to edit themselves because they correct their own mistakes. I'm super easy to edit, not because I'm so brilliant, but because I spend so much time editing that I have learned how not to be my own problem.
2: Well, you're and I've said this before on the show as well, but your enunciation is amazing in terms of watching the lines on the little video. Well,
1: I don't want to say you're monotone because you're not monotone. But the range of your tone doesn't get as out there as anyone else I edit. Certainly my range of volume
0: does not. My worst defender on that is Johnny G. My second worst defender is actually Julia. Her range of volume is really messy. But anywho, that's not what we're going to talk about today. Brodor, let's hear about your
2: Titanic failures in life. <laughs>
0: Uh, Other than moving to Oregon, uh, we're talking about your gaming
1: ones. We wonder about failures you've already had.
2: Wow. So I was going to say, forgive my stammering because my failures are many. Right, um, right, and right. to talk about all of the pad choices that I have We're made. We're talking specifically about your East Texas University. My Savage 53 Miskatonic University yes. freshman year yeah. game. Yeah. So I've talked about it a bit on the show. I was running it for a while. And honestly, when it started, I had not been more excited for a game in a very, very long time. I've loved her stories. It sounded like it was an awesome game. It was. It really, really was great until the last three game sessions. And there's a lot that's going to go into it. And I recognize fully before we get into anything, allow me to make the caveat that if I say something negative about a player or people at the table, I'm not crapping on them. I'm not trying to run them down. I'm not trying to denigrate myself. I'm simply saying, here are my observations as an individual. Yeah, and those
0: observations may be correct, incorrect, or missing nuance. And on top of that, if someone had even perfectly honest observations, of I'll use myself as an example, there are times you would perfectly accurately observe me, And I'm screwing up. That doesn't mean I'm a screw-up in general, but everybody tells lies. That doesn't mean everyone's a liar. In the same way, we may catch some people in this description. I've not heard it, so I'm admitting some ignorance here.
1: Well, and... I don't know about you, but I lie to no one more than I lied to myself. Yeah. Mm, for sure.
0: Well, and I denigrate no one more than I denigrate mm-hmm. myself.
2: Also true for,
1: for so, me. All
0: right. So what do you think went wrong with this? Uh, so many things. There are so many factors and in i I have to admit, I'm somewhat surprised because in the setup to this, every past episode we've done talking about your East Texas game,
1: has always sounded like it was going so well. It was going swimmingly. Yeah. yeah. It, it sounded like you were going like 70 miles an hour. Everything's going great. And you just hit yeah, a wall. So how did yeah. such
2: a great dinner end in diarrhea? <laughs> well, like I said, it must begin first with not the last game session, but really the previous two game sessions. I just wasn't feeling my fire. I wasn't doing my best work. Primarily because I'm, I'm stressed. I'm not sleeping, we're doing a lot of packing, we're trying to get all of these things done around the house for the move and Selling your house is so much more an insufferable pain in the ass relative to buying a house. All of the stupid things that you have to do and the hoops that you have to jump through. And it's just, it's been frustrating and infuriating and occupying so much of my time. And my game prep certainly has suffered. But I also think that, you know, everybody's bummed that we're leaving. Everybody's bummed that this great campaign is coming to an end. And the energy wasn't there. Okay, that was the one I was
0: going to ask you, is to what extent do you think this is on you because of the fact that you're preparing to move and stressed out and all these other things versus do you blame on your players either not bringing their best or maybe checking out or dealing with their own issues, whether related to the game or you moving or completely independent of you? so because that's the important thing is blame storming, right so right, it doesn't just, matter how yeah. we fix this
2: whose fault was it uh, it's, it's too
1: late to fix it it's over well, yeah exactly
2: but we can always post mortem assign blame it, i think ultimately it is my fault and here is why i will say that i didn't do enough preparation i didn't put enough thought into the end of the game I didn't put enough work into the hows and whys of the thing and the motivations of the villain, et cetera. I just, I didn't do the work, but I didn't do the work. Yes, but I did not say, I need help. I need direction. I need your assistance, guys. Please, please. Where would you like this thing to go? But, you know, I've really tried to overhaul my game mastering style since I've been on the show. And I try to allow some dysfunction at the table and let people make it their own thing. And I think that the reason why this game was going so well at first is because I did that. I stayed out of the story's way. I let it be about the PCs. I let it be their game and their world. But... When it came to drawing a conclusion and wrapping it all up, one of my players even said to me, Well, you're the game master. And I was like, well, wait a minute. Is this collaborative storytelling or not? Am I responsible for the heavy lifting or am I not? Because we need to pick. And if this is about me and what I want and me doing the heavy lifting, now I'm super pissed because I took my hands off of it so you guys could do what you wanted to do. And now that things are floundering, you're putting it back on me. Okay, let me ask a question. That chat my
0: ass. Okay, let me ask a question just for sake of being fair to your players. Do you think on your part, maybe this was, for lack of a better phrase, too little, too late, that they didn't understand how to take the reins because you had never let them have the reins before?
2: I don't think so, because in this particular campaign, uh-huh. um, and I have the receipts, right? Because like, I audio recorded all of it, right? Sure. So it's there. I stepped out of the way and did not try to wrest control of the wheel from the players. I really did try to. Okay, so
0: it's not like this was their first of Autonomy.
2: No, 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 no. And I would, I would even make the argument that over my years as a Game Master being on the show that the player autonomy at the table has grown significantly from 10 years ago when I was first on the show.
1: See, I wondered if it was something different in that you give all the room, which is how I Game Master as well but at this point you didn't necessarily have an end I did time frame and now suddenly it needs to end when naturally if the game progressed it would go on a lot longer than just these three sessions to wrap it up no for sure so i think that then adds some pressure back on to you because you want it to end positively for all the players and you suddenly have to get to an ending. It's like fucking somebody for the
2: first time, right? Like there's all of this expectation and nerve and you want it to go
1: right. And that just applies additional pressure yeah. to perform. Yeah, I wondered if maybe you fell into some of your old habits a little bit. But more than that, the players suddenly knew this is ending. This is wrapping up. So they kind of expected you were going to take that last leap over the finish line because you were the one wrapping it up sooner. I think that is an excellent observation because
2: I I think there's a lot of truth to that. And not only is there a lot of truth to that, but I did not live up to that expectation. And I knew that was going to be the expectation, right? I knew that the onus of wrapping everything up was going to be on me, but I tried engaging via text to get advice on What would you guys like to see in terms of... That was a question I was going to ask. What are the big mysteries? What are the big hooks? What are the big empty Mm. areas? And out of the five people, only two of them even texted me back. See, that's on them. That's on them. Now, one of them gave me an elaborate thing that I could have done a better job of working in, but I just felt like... I don't know, man. You guys can't answer a text. Why am I... No, I'm with you, man. That's on them. Not entirely, though, well, because they, because I think Wayne's absolutely right. After years of being conditioned to game in with me in a particular way, I really do think that they were expecting me to have something... Fair enough, I guess. out, and I did Okay, and you can maybe
0: say there's a little bit of dual fault here in that you create an expectation or a pattern... And they didn't know how to behave when they were outside of that expectation yeah. or pattern. And
1: we're also going from what would have been a organic end to a campaign when it reached its natural right. conclusion to an artificial end but, where it's got to be like, shrunk down. I, okay, so I can think back,
0: and I'm trying to think the long campaigns I've played in, not that I've run. The one that comes to mind most immediately is one we have probably beaten to death, with the, which is the Sir ceruleum game. And if Chad had come to me and said, I'm going to end this campaign in three games. What are the things you want to see explored or wrapped up? I could pretty easily tell him what those things are. And I don't know if he'd get to all of them in three games or not. Because some of them, I think, are stories that would take more than three games to unpack. It'd be sort of like the second season to Jericho for anyone who watched that show where they had one season, it was like 22 or 24 episodes. It was brilliant, some of the best TV I've ever watched. And they came back for season two after canceling season one. They only gave them six episodes to wrap up what I think was supposed to be like five seasons of material. And it was so rushed. It was so abbreviated. But I don't blame the show writers. I mean, they did the best they had with the space they were given. But the point is, if Chad was to ask me that, I could at least answer it. To this day, you know, Chad has the attitude of once I'm done with something, I'm done with it. I throw it away, I move on. And so I know that that campaign will never be revisited, at least with Chad as the GM. But I could still tell you to this day, plot lines and major areas of interest I had in the course of that campaign that were raised in that campaign, not ancillary things I thought of later, but things that were a part of that campaign that I would love to see a GM go back to and explore. I don't feel like I got
1: to finish Gnarl's story. Yeah. Definitely didn't get to finish Sir Williams. Yeah. He had an arc coming up. And he had things that he was doing in our off-season when Chad did his time jump. Yeah. That never got addressed in-game because we didn't get to it.
0: And so, I guess, Broder, in your case, that's what I was trying to understand. is To what extent is this, regardless of whose fault it is originally... Whether it's from expectations you set and things are used to versus their actual behavior. Did this ending of this campaign fumble because you failed to run the end of a campaign or because
2: they failed to express what it was the
0: end of a campaign looked
2: like? I think that if we were going to put numbers on it, that I would have to say that it's 80-20 my fault. Really?
0: Yeah. Because sure. from what I'm hearing, I'd go the other route. That in, in, this is at least sixty forty their fault. If they couldn't even tell you what they want. Do you think that it was a failure on their part to communicate? Even if prior to that,
1: is you create a failure to believe.
2: Mm. Do
1: you see what I'm saying? I don't know. Would your game involve a lot of mysteries?
2: It did. It was a lot of mystery and a lot of RP. Not a lot of dice rolling. In fact, there were plenty of nights where they literally built up large relative to how many bennies you would normally have. But, you know, they're earning bennies, but not really burning bennies.
1: Right. I would guess that for a vast majority of your players, if they would have given you an answer, it would have been... I just want to see the end of the mysteries. I just want those solved. And not that they actually wanted anything in particular. They wanted him to be able to finish his mysteries.
0: On the flip side, like if I go back to the Gnarl, Cern Sir William mm-hmm. game, my issue with that was not a lack of mystery resolution. Now, there were some mysteries I was curious about. Because we'd come together, there was something occurring on the moon that we weren't being told the full story about. And Chad later told me what some of that story was. But there were things with my character that if Chad had told me there are three games left of this, what do you want to see resolved? I could have told him things just about my own character that I want to see completed. I don't even know what those would have looked like. And once again, I'm not sure three games would have been enough. But I at
1: least could have written down what it is I wanted. Yeah, I think it depends on the game, because for that game, it's the same here. I had a lot of things with my character I would have wanted to see resolved, but I think when it comes to the end of, say, the Skies of Glass AP game, yeah, I gave you ideas for my character where I kind of wanted them to go, but my answer is generally I wanted to see that story complete. Yeah,
0: you want to see the end of the plot.
1: It's a different kind of game. I don't know what your game was like. If it was more interested yeah. in their individual characters, or if it was their characters interacting with the mystery so i've
0: got a side question on that and i I don't to interrupt you though i'm totally going to do that which is did your players give you any feedback that was simply not usable they said i want to see this this and this wrapped up that just wasn't enough time
2: so yes the one of the two players who gave me quite a bit to work with Had we been playing for another six months, it's something that I could have done an incredible amount with. But honestly, I think that if we'd been playing for another six months, I would have had a more natural, comfortable end to the game. In fact, I have never run a game before this one that had such a slow pace. And what I mean by that, in a three to four hour game session, we might complete one week of school so there was so much involved with classes extracurricular activities gracious
0: man that sounds fast
1: romances <laughs> i was thinking the same
0: thing. most games i've run yeah. yeah if in one session we complete okay. a week of material wow no no, no yeah.
1: but, but <laughs> If we complete a day yeah exactly. it's impressive exactly but,
2: but a week of class would mean you know we've got this project We've got this going on, we've got this drama, and we have this mystery. Now, there were some game sessions where, as you guys are suggesting, we didn't get more than a couple days done. But a week's worth of class is about what I would plan for, and there would be kind of a monster of the week or whatever sort of thing. So because we were moving at such a slow pace, one of the things that we did to get the game to a reasonable conclusion is go to the end of the year. And so I fast forwarded through several months of class. And so we got there inorganically.
1: Yeah, I've had that happen in games before. And it it always feels like there's a disconnect. Yeah. You come up with the here's what happened, but it's never what would have actually happened.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It does feel a bit like a shotgun wedding. Yeah. All right.
1: So I'm curious what else you did wrong. Uh, well, let's see. We <laughs> drank
2: too much. Okay. Uh, there was definitely booze in the house that I was like, guys, I Let's just- pause on that. I'm serious here. Because that... When I say we, not just me. Right, it right, was right, a we. right. No, and I'm it was not I'm not four here.
0: out of the four out of the six people were right. doing it. Your problem is that you're moving to Oregon, not that you consume intoxicants. Yeah, no,
2: I'm pretty I'm a pretty I'm a good substance abuser. So I'm high functioning for sure. My question here, because
0: this has been something of a backroom debate that I don't think we've ever talked about on the show regarding fear of the con is should we allow alcohol or not? Because I won't name who's who, because I don't want people getting uppity towards one host or another. But some hosts are like, look, let people do what they're going to do. If it becomes a problem, we'll deal with that individual. There are other hosts that have been like, no, this should be much more serious. We don't want to risk those issues. There should be no alcohol at the convention. Bacchanalia.
1: Well, and that's not the recent fear of the cons. Where we aren't providing the alcohol. Right. This was back when we used to provide alcohol. Yeah,
0: yeah. well, even still, there's some question of should we be allowing it in there? But yes, you're correct. It was a bigger issue when we provided the alcohol, which we don't currently do. But so, I'm curious to what extent and in what way do you blame intoxicants? And the reason I'm asking is I've actually been told there is a technical term for this and i don't know what it is so i just call it the bowling phenomenon
2: oh no bowling because billiards dartboard yeah, yeah you yeah. name it i know exactly, exactly go, what you're saying if
0: i go out and i bowl completely 100 stone sober i will not break double digits if i have too many drinks i will not break double digits but if i get just a couple of beers in me i'll do 100 150 points easy And it's interesting because they've observed the same thing in corporate environments. So they don't want to encourage corporate drinking for a variety of reasons. But they found people that are in a variety of roles, project managers, programmers, whatever, that one, two, three beers, they actually get better. Too many beers, they get crap. It's Stone Cold Sober, same thing, they're crap. So I am curious to what extent and how do you blame
2: intoxicants for what occurred? I will say this. I was too intoxicated by the end of the evening to run an effective game, but the only reason that I got that intoxicated is because it wasn't going anywhere anyway.
0: Okay, so you were using the intoxicant as basically... a an anesthetic for yes. the game crashing yeah. and burning. Yeah,
2: and now I will concede
0: that. Because, like, the Broder, Tell Me Anything sister, tell me what is That requires. You
2: You tell me sister, Yeah, you requires, tell me
0: system. Requires alcohol. Yeah. I've got to say, the more crash and burn we went on the game that I played, the war game, yeah. the better it
2: got. You know, you know what it is? I think that. Again, it's a lot of factors and I know I'm all over the place, but I really do think each one of these contributes to the equation. But yeah, I just I don't know, I was just sad and I was just bummed out and I just wasn't feeling it. And frankly, yeah. I should have said at the beginning of the night, I'm like, guys, I know that this is the last game session and I know this is going to be hugely disappointing, but I just don't have it in me to run the game. But do you- I wanted w- to try, right? Do you think
0: it would have been better just to narrate an epilogue? Just to say what questions you guys have. That, yes. Hey, I'm having to move yeah. to whatever Oregon, and I In- am not going to be able to finish this campaign. What questions do you guys have? Do you want to know how I was thinking about handling so-and-so's character or this or that plot point?
2: In retrospect, I think that that would have been a much better way to do it. And it certainly would have been conducive to us hanging out and having a few drinks.
1: I do think just out of all of the times I've gamed with people drinking, for a comedic game or a light game, it isn't much of an impact. But if you're trying to run a serious game, yeah. it is a much bigger impact. No,
0: I, I agree with you, Wayne. I think going back to the bowling phenomenon, I'm once again, I forget the technical name for this, that I think there is this sweet spot where if you're trying to run a serious game, one or two drinks loosens you up to the point that you get into the RP, you stop feeling so silly about making funny voices or whatever, and you get a bit more real about the game. But there is definitely a point where... You get too many drinks in, and if it's a serious game, it falls apart. I mean, a game doesn't matter.
2: That's why con drinking is okay. Because <laughs> most of the games of the con... They're designed to crash and burn. They're designed to crash and burn. The best be stories fun,
0: are about how they crash and, and to be burned. fun
2: one-shots. But yeah, no, I will, I will say, as someone who overindulges in the intoxicants, that as a general rule, keeping them away from the gaming table is a good idea. Because... You know it it does detract. the only thing I think it
0: might help with where I could have somebody obliterated, whether it's alcohol, weed, whatever, and actually run a better game would be horror because they become far more
1: susceptible, yes, influenceable.
0: But- well, that's word I'm looking for here,
1: well, and it also depends on the person, yeah, I've got one player that when he drinks, he gets tired afterwards, oh, and then it's a hard time keeping him awake or focused,
2: ah, yeah. No, I'm with you. Well, my understand. my tongue gets heavy, right? So when I'm drinking, I mean, even after a couple of beers at dinner tonight, I can feel that it just—it's like this bloated thing in my mouth, and so enunciation becomes more difficult. Yeah. And no, I, I slur my speech I get and that it. sort of stuff. I'm paying to what you're putting down. Yeah, there's I a certain it. level of marijuana. There's a certain level of high where I'm like, okay, that's my sweet spot. I should game master now, but I shouldn't smoke anymore. Yeah, and with alcohol, I mean. Couple shots right at the beginning of the game, that's fine. But yeah, by the end, it just, you know. Yeah, it's same
0: for me. There's a point where I become lower inhibition, looser, more honest, more engaged. And then there comes a point where I'm just disconnected and out of my mind. And it's not conducive to anything but a comedy game or a game like a one shot that's meant to crash and burn in a spectacular way that somebody blowing up the ship with everyone on it. it's a hilarious ending not a ruinous action to a
1: five-year campaign
0: so out of curiosity
1: have you talked to your players since the end of the campaign
2: no no i have not You hoping to deduct Oregon oregon forget they exist <laughs> the, uh not forget they exist but yeah
1: it's so hoping the, to avoid the conversation the big reason i ask is because i look at my own jamming and i look at the things i think i did horribly And then I started interviewing all of my players Yeah, and I I asked them their input. So I'm curious if you went to your players, would all of them be as dissatisfied with the last three sessions as you are? Here's what I will say
2: in reference to the last game in particular. When I was leaving home, my wife's like, hey, do you guys have a topic for tonight? And I was like, yeah, I think we're going to talk about how I really hit the bed on the last game. Uh, And she's like, oh,
1: okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. That's Uh, cool, dude.
2: Yeah. That's
0: cool. So I see there you go. are shooting her, except that doesn't work.
1: Yeah. Uh You know, sometimes you actually are right when you think negatively about yourself. Wow. Okay.
0: Yeah, so I was going to say what Wayne said is completely true. That sometimes you are neither as good nor as bad as you think you are. Because I will say in the aftermath of several campaigns I've run, I was on one page and I was shocked to find out the group was on a completely different page. There was that Battletech game where I wasn't feeling it, but apparently the entire group was. And I thought the whole thing was dead. And like, we're just treading water here we're marionetting a corpse and when i killed the campaign everyone was like dude we were having tons of fun like what were you thinking and vice versa i've killed some campaigns that i was really into and the players like thank god that's over we were so sick of that
1: even if this last session was particularly bad i'm betting they didn't think the two sessions before were as bad as you yeah, think they are right. that's probably true But yeah, I've seen that firsthand with you, Dan. I remember a Epoch of Rysos game that we were all really into, but you weren't feeling it, and you didn't feel like you were motivating us. Well, Uh, there were
0: some other things going on. There were other things going on with that,
1: but you kept thinking this is just a horrible game,
0: and the players were all enjoying it. There there was some intra-player dysfunction that skewed my perception of that campaign, and I'm not going to get into it because I don't want to get into a... You know, bully pulpit.
1: No, but the overall point is yeah. you had a far more negative exactly. per, no, opinion exactly. of the game you were running and than the versa. players that were running. I've had in. far
0: more positive. But not typically it's the other way because like you, Wayne, I'm way too hard on myself. Usually I'm hating on a campaign that the players love. It is very rare for me to love a campaign the players hate because I'm so down on myself and so sensitive to people. I will only say it has happened, but it is by far the exception. For me, the rule is I tend to hate on campaigns that the players are enjoying and then kill it and be like, I'm doing you guys a favor. And everyone's like, what What are you talking about? That was our freaking favorite dog we've ever owned. And you just old yellered him and that was not the right move. And I'll be like, oh, okay, well, crap. So, so to wrap this one up, so Brodor, you feel like your players didn't give you enough insight into what an end of the campaign look like.
2: I don't want to blame them. I don't want to say they didn't give me enough insight. Is that the way I should frame it is that I should have been more direct and insistent and specific about, guys, I, I need your help in terms of what you want answered and what you would like to mm-hmm. see a conclusion of the game look like.
1: Gotcha. That so you, was something I was going to say, specifically when you talked about trying to give them nudges and things. I think a lot of players don't even know how to answer, so they need very direct, specific, yeah, questions. specific questions. If you frame it so it's not what would you like to see and more very directed questions, you're more likely to get answers.
0: Are there any holes in your background we've not wrapped up? And if you have to remember something, what about uncle so-and-so? What about this side plot? In terms of my plot, what do you want wrapped up? Specifically, here's a few things you might consider. And, I don't know, maybe giving them some talking points might draw out a little Mm. more insight. I I don't know. I didn't see the email or message you sent
2: because I'm not in this
0: game, so I just judge. (laughs)
2: but more time to prepare for myself. I mean, I should have made it a priority to put more thought in the game. And I, and I didn't now that's not to say that I've had a lot of free time as of late, But I should have made it a priority to put more work into the game because that certainly was my intention. But also knowing how quickly things were coming to an end, I probably should have done exactly as you were suggesting and done some sort of epilogue game where we talk about the end of the campaign and how things wrap up as opposed to trying to run that one final adventure. I think that was probably the biggest mistake.
0: All right. Cool. I so asked we're going to go ahead and end this one. So if, yeah, if you're wrapping up a campaign, maybe there's some things to think about in terms of asking direct
2: questions,
0: or maybe just don't
2: move to Oregon
0: and just stay
2: here with well, the people you know, that I, love you. I was thinking that, and I'm not going to conflate myself with Stephen King because he's a professional writer and I'm me, but I feel like sometimes I'm like Stephen King in that I just, I get to an end and it's just not you great. don't know how to end a thing yeah and i don't know how to end a thing yeah not always i mean but there are yeah. only a, a small number of games that i can look back on my game mastering career many games that i am proud of but very few endings Gracious. that how I. Am to proud end of. A oh campaign.
1: no i know the answer for you brother kill your players then you don't have to worry about what happens to their characters
0: <laughs> wow well see i took a slightly different that's tackle, kick-ass ass horror movie right there but yeah anywho so there's maybe a whole separate show there in terms of how to end a campaign, which well, we've kind of talked about, but I don't know if we've ever talked directly to. But in the meantime, Broder will at least still be with us for one more. I will be one or for two one more, more face-to-face right. recordings, and then we were still going to keep him in remote recordings. So Broder may be less frequently on the show, but he will still be on the show. And when his life crashes yeah. in prison, Oregon. He will
2: still have to bleep the word
0: yeah, exactly. And then when Broder finally crashes and burns his life out there, and I've turned the old recordings to you into a second bedroom, he's going to be living with me anyway. Dude,
2: listen. So, I, this, I'm I, looking forward I to it. I have a
0: plan. I'm looking I'm not leaving to it. Oregon. Yes, you are. I'm looking forward to it. So,
2: <laughs> as for the rest of you guys, thank
0: you for tuning in, and we will catch you next time. This has been a production of Fear the Boot, copyright 2022. Listeners are free to use this episode in a non-commercial endeavor, so long as credit is provided to feartheboot.com. You can find previous episodes and other resources at feartheboot.com. If you wish to support this show and its related endeavors, you can do so at patreon.com slash feartheboot.